What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Filipinos of Montreal podcast, Filipino Heritage Month series. I'm Terry. I'm Eric. And Shari. And today we have DJ Delion on hand. How are you doing, Mike? What up? What's going on, guys? How's it going? Good to be here. <laughs> Yo, I'm so happy you had a chance to, to join us this year. I know last year, um, because of scheduling conflicts, we didn't have that <clears> opportunity. I <throat> uh, just want to check in with you first, man. What, what you been up to the last couple of months? Well, with uh, the whole COVID situation, DJing in clubs was out of the question. So mm-hmm. I've been working from home and uh, doing a lot of graphic design, doing uh, lives. We've been doing uh, our quarantine, uh, sorry, social distancing social club uh, mm-hmm. live every Saturday. I'm myself and Papa Khan, new to Twitch. So uh, myself, Jericho, twitch.tv slash Jericho514, he's on, uh, Chops, DJ Quest, JFro, like the whole the whole squad, we're all on Twitch trying to help each other out, trying to figure that stuff out, and nice. uh, you know just share music with everybody. Yo, like I, I tuned into Jericho's basement set I think uh, last week, and I was telling uh, Shari and uh, Eric, it was nice to hear because it felt like you know I was outside of this whole COVID situation. It felt like summer, and I just wanted to get into clubs again, you know. But yeah. before dipping into the questions, like it's a question for everybody. I, I just wanted to know. I'm curious. Is there anything from your childhood that no longer exists today that you kind of want to bring back or just a fond childhood memory? Eric, Shari, uh, Mike, anybody want to answer that? Uh, I miss, I miss, I was just, uh, I miss chapters. <laughs> like I mean, or, or like, you know, the store <laughs> chapters. Like, I know there's a lot of things I miss, but I miss that story. I know it wasn't gone too, too long ago, but I don't know. I just chapters felt like was, was, Chapters was dope, man. There was more yeah. than just books at chapters. <laughs> exactly. Right? And like when it came to like, well, pre-internet, like that's where you went for like all the magazines. Like yeah. oh, man. everything <laughs> that you wanted from like the States, like your double XL, your, the source, like everything. everything that's true. Like yeah, totally. yeah. Like you didn't have to worry about trying to find a depth that had it. Oh, man. Yeah, well, that's for, true. For those listeners that are outside of Montreal, a depth <laughs> is a corner store. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, for me, it's, I miss actually uh, going to video stores. I also used to work at a blockbuster, but just that feeling of just going, that excitement of wondering if that video game you want to play or that movie you want to see was available, that made yeah. it for me. And back then, it's when I used to work there, it was like 10 free rentals per, per week. Now, like with Netflix, that doesn't even matter. It's like nine bucks, you got everything. Uh, Man, bro, I, I used to sign in the back of the posters and the displays to try to get to try to get the giant displays to have it at home. Oh, seriously? Oh, nice. <laughs> like, we, we, used have, we used to have that, that thing at our video store. Everybody oh, just put, put your name and phone number, and if you if we pick yours. <laughs> did you ever Did you ever get it? I got one. I think I got one. I can't remember what it was, but okay. we used, you know, because we used to have so many of those things, and all the ads were everywhere back in the day. So, like, we would take the ads off the buses. Like, two clips. So, like, in my room, it'd be like a giant Mr. Big, like. <laughs> you know what's crazy though near, near the end of the uh video store era like their prices were so expensive i think it was close to like a movie ticket it was like eight dollars or nine bucks oh wow for, for movie? crazy from what that's i remember wild. try so, to survive eh seriously that's nuts uh, what about you shari any any um oof sailor moon as you could tell from my background sailor moon <laughs> at noon on ytv oh ytv ytv yeah. What was that, that show was, they had at, in the afternoon? The Zone. Is that my still age on? showing? <laughs> no, it's not showing. I don't even know if YTV is still on. <laughs> <laughs> I miss YTV. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Well, if you yeah. if you remember, uh, what's the name? VJ DJ Freshville. Freshville. Yeah. DJ Freshville, oh right? Yo. Yeah. 
I think that was the first Filipino Canadian celebrity that I kind of saw. Like I was a kid and just watching, I think it was, he would like lead into Power Rangers or whatever show was playing. Oh, mine was Carlos. Carlos was the Filipino. Carlos? Who's Carlos? Yeah, now we're showing our age. She just she just outed us. She's like, do you guys don't know? Carlos? <laughs> he was guy. he was also on YTV. He was, he was a yeah. He was he was a in the zone um, BJ. So because the zone that I for you guys <laughs> the zone that I knew that had this little blob kind of character that was like a TV set. I forgot his name. I think it was Snitch. I'm not sure. But, oh my god, it was. Is that the guy with the teeth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Was it? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yo. Uh, yo, thanks for sharing that, guys. Um, getting back to that, to Mike, uh, we invited you today because we want to kind of hear like your journey coming up in Montreal. What were what were your experiences, bro? Like, were you always were you born and raised Montreal? Well, I was born I was born at St. Mary's Hospital, but uh, very young, we moved to the South Shore of Montreal, which is like thirty minutes away, uh, to a place called St. Hubert. So in St. Hubert, there weren't many Filipinos. Uh, <laughs> there was like, I don't know, there's a, there was like a couple of families, but like, uh, I, let's say I didn't really know any Filipinos around my area until like elementary school. I had uh, two friends that were Filipino. Okay. So you know, how did, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did, how were you kind of like exposed to Filipino culture how, or how did that man- well, manifest af- for you? After high school, like, no, during high school, I guess, I started working in the city. I started doing like, uh, I don't know, what any 13-year-old mm-hmm. would do uh, for a job at the time. Like, you couldn't really work anywhere legit. So I was working at a telemarketing place. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I started in nightclubs very early, um, maybe like 14, 14, 15. Yeah. I was handing out uh, flyers for a place called uh, Extremes. On oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good times there. Yeah. So I, I started working for them, but then I started meeting other Filipinos because the other flyer guys were also Filipino, which weirdly enough was my godbrother that I hadn't seen since I was a kid. Are you serious? <laughs> so for yeah. like six months, we're handing out flyers next to each other. And I look at them, I'm like, yo, what's your last name? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's legit- always the question, eh? Like you just, you just have to ask people like what their last Who's name is. Who's your mom? <laughs> you know, I think all of us uh, did telemarketing back then. I remember, man, I think 200 calls per day, cold calls. That was oh, yeah. terrible. I, I sucked at it. Plus, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have a voice for, for telemarketing, especially when I was a kid. Like a couple of high-pitched voice, just like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, my experience, I was selling accidental death insurance. Nobody wants to buy that. It's like you, ca- you call and you're like, hey, uh, the event that you passed away in the near future, would you like to buy some insurance? So I got hung up on multiple times. And I think after two weeks, I couldn't take it. I just told my supervisor, yo, I'm going to the bathroom. I just never came back. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, was, it was too much. It was too much. Nah, man. So like, yeah. So after that, I started meeting uh, different people from different parts of the city, you know, like, uh, and then you get to Dawson and then, I don't know, that's where all the Filipinos were. All of a sudden they just <laughs> popped out of nowhere. You had, uh, a whole crew that all grew up together from the West Island. Cause apparently that's where all the Filipinos yeah. that are not in Cote d'Ange go to. Like, <laughs> 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 like if you're not in Cote d'Ange, you're in the West. Like you're not yeah. playing, uh, Marquis, you're playing F Cowie. <laughs> <laughs> <True>. <laughs> how how was that for you how was how was that feeling 
they like just see like oh my god there's so many people like me here What's oh that? man well because i grew up i grew up at ventus so i didn't i didn't eat any of uh i didn't eat shellfish i didn't eat pork which is a big part of i guess mm-hmm. most filipinos diets that i learned after uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know man like uh i don't know i discovered crab i discovered like, <laughs> i discovered shrimp in palabok i'm like what the f- shrimp in palabok <laughs> Uh, no, man like i it was all weird to me at first you know and uh, <laughs> i didn't i didn't grow up uh i didn't grow up catholic so like i would you know then find out i don't know different things about filipino culture that i wasn't exposed to as a kid you know i didn't know what a cotillion was mm-hmm. and okay. before i knew it i was dancing in people's cotillions i didn't even know who the person was like, oh. <laughs> i was like yeah. are you free to dance for what <laughs> i have a similar experience yeah, i used to live in uh, delson also in the south shore so yeah. i'm like the only minority and then every now and then i come into i go to cotonej and the west island where my, where my whole family was but like you when i go to cotillon i wasn't really sure what to do yeah oh, bro what is I this? no idea i was completely clueless i'm like what do you mean i need to learn how to foxtrot <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man um <laughs> To shift gears a bit, how how did you uh, discover your passion for music, or just more so uh, becoming a DJ? How did that come into you? Uh, so I always I always loved music. So come like growing up, I would always my old I had older siblings, older cousins, and uh, I inherited like a small little CD uh, CD player, and then what a bunch of CDs, and I think one of them was the first ones was a uh, Shy. <laughs> like oh man classic classic CD, you know, like back in the day and you know mariah carey uh and mm. then i had a whole bunch of like you know disney stuff like i was just listening to whatever <laughs> and then uh i think it was grade i was in grade five a friend of mine uh fallon renner from uh mm-hmm. south shore also she we, we went to the same elementary school we had the chance to dj she was a grade older than me she was in grade six i was in grade five and we had had to DJ the dance. Oh. She inherited from her older brother all this hard hip hop. <laughs> Sick. It was Wu Tang. It was, you know, oh, Junior nice. Mafia. It was. <laughs> so we're doing this. And then they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have let them DJ. <laughs> <laughs> like they expected us to come in with Disney CDs. <laughs> Yo, I gotta ask, was DJ Delion always your name or did you have another name no, growing no, no, up? No, no. What's your first one? I gotta yeah, hear it. I gotta hear it. I gotta hear it. The first one? I think the first one may have been Bedrock. Bedrock. Yeah. Which was oh. yeah. like Flintstones? Yeah, exactly. Really? Nice. Yeah. And then realizing, oh, there's another one. Like there's some guy already like I think but it was like bad rock. But like he was oh. already like big. Okay. You know? So mm. I'm like, all right forget that and then uh when i started doing clubs and stuff i wasn't djing right so i was handing out flyers i became a promoter at jet club back in the day and then uh, i was given the opportunity to dj with the goon tribe at a place mm-hmm. called coquinos which was on san laurent street oh yeah, oh, yeah. and they that's old school what yeah. happened to that place did it, it turn into it, orchid. Uh, it turned into orchid okay, yeah, and true. then it turned into mm-hmm. ivy and then it disappeared yeah <laughs> but so what happened was they're like, what do you want to put on the flyer? And I'm like, oh, just put Mike. You know, like, just put Mike. <laughs> and at the time, there were these twins, uh, Alec and Jensen, who were promoters. And uh, Alec comes up to me and he goes, 
And he's like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to put it. He's like, don't worry, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and I get the flyer, and it says Ike. What? He just <laughs> took away the M. And he's like, well, there's too many mics. And I'm like, so? <laughs> so I put Ike. <laughs> oh, my God. Till this day. Ike. Okay. Till this day, bro. Every, there's a big group of people that call me Ike. Like, that's a nickname that stuck with me till now. But, yeah. <laughs> Yo, so you still that have was, that, if you still have that flyer, please share it on social media. I got to see this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it just says, uh, it's a, I remember the name of the party. The name of the party was Glow. And I've right. never been kicked off for DJing horribly so fast in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess, uh, I guess you weren't glowing. I'm kidding. No, no, no bro. I showed up, I showed up with like uh, a couple of vinyls okay. and then uh, Trung, who was, who was part of the Goon Tribe as DJQ, came up to me when I was playing. He's like, and he's just like, nah, <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was that like? Like, did you like, was that just you taking your, Oh yeah. Like I always, I've been always okay with criticism. Like, mm -hmm. like, okay. Yeah. I know I suck. Whatever, man. It's cool. <laughs> you know, like I'll, I'll figure it out. And I think that's what happened over the years is I've been given multiple opportunities to, be able to do what I do, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I consider myself very fortunate um, because of that. Uh, I've been given opportunities, you know, uh, just to make things happen, especially yeah. like, let's say the graphic design thing that I'm doing now, I wouldn't have been doing graphic design uh, if it wasn't for Jericho, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he, he was the person that put me onto it. Like, oh yeah, you know, like, you know, Photoshop a little bit. And back in high school, I learned it to, I learned a little bit just to make fake IDs. <laughs> <laughs> like that was my hustle. Like my, the, the fake ID. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if you guys got to cut that out, but I, I just wanted to buy some beer. Like, fuck. <laughs> like, everybody had a graduation, right? So if like, let's say I learned it in grade eight, grade eight, nine, 10, 11, I, I was the guy to go to. You know, 50 bucks a pop. Yo, you times wow. how many students per graduating class. You, <laughs> so you must have been hustle. Uh, yeah, you must have been quite popular then in high school. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think, yeah, first time, like uh, when I was in grade eight, I DJed, I DJed at Club Opium for the graduating class with DJ Quest, uh, JFRO, and LQ. So I was like a 14 year old, like, hey guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm here. Um, dude, uh, coming up, how did you meet DJ Quest or how did you come to know of him? Because he's kind of like known as the, uh, the Tito now, right? So, Well, Quest has always been, um, he was the guy like for, for that entire era, like there was nobody else. Uh, well, like for me, like I didn't, I didn't know all the other DJs at all. I knew Quest and I knew Mahesh. Yeah. But Quest... Yeah lived also on the south shore and when we start when i started djing in high school i would get vinyls from him so the way it would work is um they would send those djs the established djs um records so the, they would pay a record pool x amount of dollars a month and that they would ship them a bunch of records now in those records he would end up with doubles or triples yeah. so like let's say he gets like a i don't know 50 records for like the, the month in that he might already have uh three or four of those songs like already on vinyls so then okay. he would 
sell the packs to whoever needed them, right? Because what's he going to do with, uh, I don't know, uh, five versions of uh, Mariah Carey Dream Lover? Like, <laughs> you know, you know I, I always wondered how that worked, how you guys were able to acquire music. Yeah, yeah. and so there was that. There was a, a place called Taboo back then. Oh, yeah. And so that was very different. And it wasn't affordable to DJ. Songs were, it was $10 a song. Holy you wanted a, you wanted a vinyl it was 10 11 dollars and if it was a if it was a press from europe it was like 15 16 dollars so wow. you know you're paying uh, 30 dollars an album and back then that was a lot of money man <laughs> like, of course of course you know, like you're, <laughs> especially um, when you're starting up right so yeah, yeah, yeah exactly um what would you say uh is your source for inspiration when you create uh, your sets like what do you look for uh, to energize you or to kind of like drive you um, it's it's great to watch other DJs, which is which is amazing now since we're all on social media doing it. But it was uh, so it was a little bit harder. Let's say pre-COVID, it was a little bit harder to go and see other DJs play. Okay, you know, like uh, to see how they DJ in the clubs because on a Friday night when all the other DJs are playing, so are you. Okay, mm-hmm. you're DJing as well. So I mean, uh, you know, you kind of just have to find the new music yourself kind of figure out you know what is it that fits your vibe or the vibe of your place that you're DJing at and kind of put it together so my Friday nights were very different from my Saturday nights because my Friday nights were um at the far sides in the end okay. um but I was doing uh music for fuck 10 years <laughs> wow <laughs> already that, really I was, already I was at music for like 10 years man <laughs> wow. right before the far sides so um, that was like a younger crowd. That was a younger crowd, a mm-hmm. little bit more commercial hip hop. Then I started doing the far sides, which was old school. We we're doing mm-hmm. 90s hip hop, R&B uh, vibe, like, uh, you know, dance hall from the 90s. And then my Saturday nights were, it was like dance hall, like new dance hall, new Afro beat, uh, new hip hop. So it was like a very different sound, okay. uh, you know? And that was like, that Saturday night, man, I do it with uh, Chops, and it felt like a concert. <laughs> in that like, we have videos of us cutting out the music and the entire place just singing along. Like, that must be nice. the best feeling. That must be the oh, best it's feeling. insane, yo. bro. It's like you're the artist. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Wicked. Yo, uh, for those who don't know about Farsides, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so, um, well, the Farsides is... The name itself comes from kind of like the far east and far west. So we are bringing together the cuisine of Thailand and Hawaii. Um, in a, I want to, like in a 90s hip hop environment. So when initially like four years ago, we had found a location that we wanted to open up. No, five years ago. We found a place on Saint Laurent that we wanted to open up. And we kind of got cock blocked on that piece of real estate. So ah. Like we thought like the dream was dead. And then when we came uh, last year, uh, 20, I guess it's the end of 2018. Okay. The end of 2018, we found the location. Okay. And it took us about a year to try to get our, everything together and try to build up the spot where we opened up in December of 2019. Um, bro, like, honestly, it's, it's, to me, it's insane. Like the place we got, it, we had so much fun putting it together uh the bar we we did it on uh with like epoxy 
And okay. so we kind of filled it up with 90s memorabilia, mm -hmm. uh, old vinyls, uh, CDs, uh, toys from the 90s, beepers. Yo, we put a Blackberry in there and two weeks later, the Blackberry started beeping. Like, what? Are you serious? No, no. It's dry. Like the epoxy is dry and we're just seeing this light go off on it. We're like, what? <laughs> we're freaking out. Like, <laughs> like uh, somebody's trap phone is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys have... Do you know when you guys will be reopening soon or what's the, uh, the process? Well, right here now in Montreal, that? like we, everything is uncertain, right? Everything's going okay. day by day. So we have, we don't have an opening date yet. Okay. Uh, we are open for deliveries and takeout. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, hit us up. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, so we're just getting ready for when we reopen. We're getting, uh, we have a giant terrace in the back that not many people know about because yeah. we opened it was winter. Like and, I still need to visit. I'm guilty. I have to come visit. Yeah, me too. Show my support. It looks amazing. So I can't wait. The food's amazing. I gotta say, like it's just I've been a few times since it opened. Yeah, and, man. You yeah. came. You came early, so you've seen it develop. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was cool. It's cool. Like everything. Like everything he says. It's just an amazing spot. Like, and I'm not just saying this to. Oh, thanks, bro. Like big, big you up or. or oh, whatever, appreciate but it's, it. Yeah. Going back to uh, the topic of uh, as being a creative in the the DJ industry, like for me, at least in the photography industry, there's always that whole thing between community versus competition. Does that also exist in the DJ world? Uh, I believe it exists, but I mean, I've, I've always been given, uh, I've always been given like a fair chance, I guess, in the DJ world. But like, I never, like, I was never the guy going after somebody else's gig. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I always like, tried to just stay in my own lane. And try to you know make it the best it could be like when i said i did 10 years at music i was doing 10 years in the back room <laughs> you know like i was playing <laughs> r&b hip-hop when like the vibe was edm and uh and i think that's like a big part of why like i was still around you know i'm still around today like the front room dj changed like five times okay <laughs> so, like, i stayed consistent for like 10 years <laughs> I'm like, damn, I got job security over here. Yeah. <laughs> Longevity. Yeah. Um, you get a pension for music. Yeah, you know. Before switching All back. <laughs> before, before going back to questions about Filipino culture, I'm curious to know what, uh, uh, what, how do you define happiness? Like, what is that for you? Happiness? Man, um, I don't know, man. I think, I think happiness, I get my happiness from doing the things that I love to do and just trying to like, it could be as simple as, well, just having like a little bit of freedom, I guess, to yeah. like explore and develop different talents. No, not talents. Develop other skills. Okay. That's what it is. Because I guess I like messing around with a little bit of everything. So like when it comes to computers, that's one thing. When it comes to like my graphic design, my... DJing, whatever, but like, I get happiness, bro. Is like, if I find something like broken in the garbage and I can fix that thing, like I'm super fucking happy. <laughs> and so like, I think it's like the freedom to be able to learn all that and to um, just, you know, live life. Fuck, this is a really bad answer. What no, dude, dude, no, not at all. Honestly, uh, I shared no, with, but with a different guest. My answer too was also uh, happiness. I see it as a way being able to live free, you know, living free in a way that you have no regrets, you can pursue what you want to pursue. Uh, 
And that way, when you look back, you know you did things you love and you lived authentically throughout your life. So I, yeah, I see, yeah, I see and your I think, perspective. And I think that's, I mean, I'm not really saying it that clear as you're saying it, but <laughs> I, like, that's, that's, how, that's how I feel. Like it's, it's, for me, it's, it's weird like that. Well, to me, I think it's weird that like those, like those are like the little things that make me happy. Like, uh, bro, I took a, a, like a broken scooter. Like, you know, those little electric scooters for kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I fucking souped that shit up with like a 20 volt battery. And that shit made me so fucking happy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh, look, I'm going to scooter on the street. No. But what, what I, <laughs> from hearing that, what I, what I see is like, you don't take things for granted and you just appreciate all the little things in life, which is, a, which is really cool. You know? Oh so. yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm like, uh, I try to do as much as I can, like without fucking spending money, like really though. Yeah. try to fix whatever I can. Like, uh, you know, not, like, I'm not just out here, like blowing all kinds of cash on shit. Like, <laughs> oh man. So, um, going back to, uh, questions regarding heritage month, what's your favorite thing about Filipino culture? I think it's, uh, to me, I think it's the welcoming. I think every time, you go and you you visit Filipino homes and uh, that you've never been to. Mm. You always feel welcome. Like there's 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 not a time you're gonna walk into like a a family gathering, a birthday party or whatever, and then you're standing there more than like two minutes without a plate in your hand. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, that's like, so true. Like, um, I think I was chubby as a kid because of that, but that's me. <laughs> that's my experience. So. <laughs> I like um, it's it's always been I think that's that's something that always remained consistent and like yeah. with the Filipino culture um, and the sen- the sense of community bro like yeah. the so, sense of community is super strong with Filipinos yeah, like not just locally like internationally like there's so many people so many DJs we've connected with over the years just over being like being Filipino hmm. like uh yeah, I connected with DJ Neil Armstrong. Uh, he was Jay Z's tour DJ back in the yeah. day. Yeah, dang, uh, dude, how did that yeah. happen? So, I can't remember exactly how we met, but we became friends. And I was working in New York for a bit, and yo, know, I would crash on his couch, and and Neil actually DJed my wedding. What? Yo, oh, wow. So, <laughs> so like from, but like I mean, I felt like that was like the Filipino connection, like. You know, like we had that sense of community. We were like, we already knew, like we were cool with each other type thing. Mm-hmm. Like from jump, like it's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, yo, so he's, he's the homie, man. I was, yeah. I was super happy to have him too, bro. Like really, <laughs> never been really to cool. a wedding with so much Jay-Z. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your favorite uh, Jay-Z album? Oof. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It might be Blueprint too, though. Uh, yeah, it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. might be like for me, for like my generation. Like, I like I would love to say reasonable doubt, but nah, that wasn't bumping yeah. as much as Blueprint two to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tying into that same question uh, regarding uh, your favorite part about the culture, do you also think it's uh, the most important thing to share to different generations? Uh, yes. I think I think it's it's I think it's something that you well, I don't know if it's necessarily I think it just happens bro like I don't think you really share I think it just it's if we keep it going you know like 
you know, uh, you treat, you treat people that come to your house, like as if you go to their house, okay. right? And it just becomes like this, it just becomes a thing, right? Like, like, I don't want people to come to my house now and not have a plate within the first two minutes. You know what I mean? Like, Yo, for, so now I know if I come to your, your house, you're going to feed me no matter what. This is good. I was going to say I'm coming over right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, put it on Insta story, put a timer and see if it's actually two minutes. Okay, Eric? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get kicked out because of quarantine rules anyways. Oh, no, I can come now. No, that's it. <laughs> three, ten people, three family. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yo, uh, before moving on to our next segment, I want to ask uh, Eric and Shari if you have any uh, closing thoughts for Mike. Well, I was going to say yeah. that, like, you know, despite, um, like, being raised differently from other Filipinos, I think, like, um, what never changes is, is how welcoming we are. Like we could be Catholic or, you know, yeah. seven day Adventist. Like we will always be welcoming. And I like that you shared that because it's true. Like it, it really doesn't matter what you are, what belief you, you know, what you believe in. So that yeah. was a well, really I had, cool tidbit. I, I kind of had, I kind of had that talk with the, with Chops the other day. I go, you know, what's, what's really cool is the fact that, I feel like with a lot of people that we kept around the circle is uh, people that we know share the same, like you kind of have the same moral compass, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, you know, I would go to some friends' houses and see the way they talk to their parents or whatever. And I'm like, nah, bro, what are you doing? That would never fly in my house. Like... And, but like you know you share that like there's like a I don't know what how you call it it's like uh you know like the respect that we all kind of have for like our elders or whatever oh, mm-hmm. it's not it's yeah. not like that in every community it's not like that in every culture yeah. it's it's different and I just feel like it's almost like an automatic yeah like, yeah for sure I guess unless you're like, like really raised apart from the community. Like, <laughs> super far. Man. Eric, did you remember your question? Well, no, it wasn't a question. I, actually, it's just more to add to what Sherry was saying. And, uh, sure. and what I really liked that you said, Mike, was that, you know, it doesn't even matter if you don't know the house that you're going to, you're still going to be treated as you're part of that household or you're part of that, that circle. 100. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, it, and it's just, and you're right. Like, I think for Filipinos in particular, like you, you, you i'm gonna walk into a house i don't know any of you like aside from my friend and just be like oh hi tita you know like it's just yeah. like, you know it's like oh tita yeah okay here's your food go eat you know like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like you're, you're too skinny no what is it you're gaining weight but go eat food you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's cool like i think we we talked about it with chops when you see another filipino walking down the street you kind of like acknowledge each other it's yeah. a nice feeling right so yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i know we're not going to show the video but we just all oh yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. Bro, um, i i honestly was i think we were joking around and we were at the we were at the park at the independence day uh in the park and we were just messing with people and we were just doing it all day like and seeing how many people just turn their heads like it's crazy. Like, it's crazy like, how many times I hear that. Like, I think most of us, like, you hear that and you just turn. I was in front of my work the other day. I'm not in any kind of 
Filipino environment, and I just heard it, and I yeah. looked. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 bro, it's crazy. It's nuts. I love it. I yeah, love, love it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Mike, thanks for sharing that. Uh, we're going to move now to our fastball question segment. Um, if you don't know about it, it's basically answer as many questions as you can in 60 seconds. So get ready. Once yeah. uh, Shari hits the bell or buzzer. Okay, let me just test it first. Do we hear it? No, we don't. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready yeah. to go? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Count okay. us down, Shari. Count us down. Yes, okay. six seconds. <laughs> On your mark. Get set. Favorite Filipino food? Uh, lechon. Go-to karaoke song? Uh, a whole new world. Favorite spot in Montreal? Favorite spot in Montreal? Orange julep. Name a Filipino dish that starts with the first letter of your first name. Uh, Pass. Oh, first, Pass. First Tagalog word that comes to mind. Oh, fuck. Anything. <laughs> Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. I don't know. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Langonisa or Tocino? Longanisa. Favorite yeah. old school jam? Uh, uh, what's that shy song? If I ever fall, fall in love. Five seconds. Favorite video game? Call of Duty. Spell <laughs> your last name backwards. Oh, ah. oh. thank goodness. Let him do it. Let him do it. By the bell. <laughs> N-O-E-L-E-D. Yo, people are doing this easier than I thought. What the? <laughs> Do we have to give them a word? We'll give them a word to spell backwards. Yo, that's like crazy tough. Um, yeah, so Mike, honestly, thanks for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, you guys speak for all of us. Uh, Actually, the last... you know what? I got one last little thing. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Biggest regret, not learning Tagalog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you, I... you, under, you understand it, right? Like half, bro. It's crazy because my boy asked me to join one of those, uh, the, one of the Filipino basketball PBA league okay. one, yeah. when we were younger and he didn't tell me that the entire team was only speaking Tagalog. Oh, damn. <laughs> so the only entire time the coach was talking to me, the only thing I understood was my name. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Mike, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you on the team for? One game, bro. And One game. <laughs> first of all, like we played, we played against uh, F. Cowie, which was like uh, J the West Island team. Yeah, but it was like J. E. and uh, oh, yeah. Jeff Roca and all and those guys were fucking insane. <laughs> and here I am, I couldn't understand shit, and I was I have I didn't play ball for a little bit, and I was tripping over the ball. They just assumed because I was a little bit taller than the rest of the team that I was gonna be okay. I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, <laughs> Dude, is there uh, anybody you want to give a shout out to a person organization before we close out? Uh, yeah, man. Shout out to the whole Goon Tribe family, man. Chops, Jericho, like, wouldn't be doing uh, a lot of the stuff I'm doing if it wasn't for them. Uh, shout out DJ Quest, man. He was really straight up one of the biggest inspirations when I was growing mm -hmm. up and, like, hooking me up with records and stuff when, like, you know, I didn't have much. Uh... I don't know, man. The community, the part of like the Filipino community. Um, yo, man. Yeah. Shout out my DJ, uh, my brother, DJ Jfro. Like, he's killing it right now on Twitch. Come check us out, guys. Come enjoy the vibes while we're all stuck at home. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. 
Yo, you got a lot of love. Thanks so much, Mike, for Filipinos in Montreal. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Take care. We going out.